everyone. Welcome to Liz Collin Reports. On the podcast, we are joined by Robert Cahaley, chief pollster and strategist with the Trafalgar Group, to break down the results of its Minnesota general election survey in partnership with Alpha News. That has a lot of people talking. Poll results are up on our website right now. The Trafalgar Group was one of the only polling firms to successfully predict Donald Trump's victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016. Mr. Kahaley, I know a busy time of year for you. You're actually talking to us from the road on the phone, but we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. So everything from the race for governor and attorney general to top issues on voters' minds in Minnesota. But I'm curious with this Alpha News poll, what stood out most to you when it comes to these results? I was fascinated about the difference in races. I mean, I have, you know, over the years I've seen plenty in your state of uh, kind of things moving back and forth between one party or another. But uh, just just the fact that we had uh, some Republicans winning and some Democrats winning. Yeah, it did seem to be a bit of a mixed bag. But let's start with the first question was, how do you feel Joe Biden is handling his job as president? The majority here didn't just disapprove, but strongly disapprove. What does that tell you heading into the midterms? Well, you know, it tells me that whatever's bothering people in a particular part of the country seems to kind of come back to some Biden policies. Uh, you know, everybody's you know, being bothered by inflation. They're being bothered by the uh, predominance of uh, fentanyl. They're being, and then which, of course, ties in the border. And they see this overall attention, uh, law enforcement kind of a, a step back. Uh, from folks in law enforcement, and they do blame a lot of what's happened with Biden as Biden took over there. So it doesn't really surprise me. Everybody has their different reasons in any given state for not approving him, and they're very different from state to state. But the only thing that is common is that he's not approved. And moving to key Minnesota races, the race for governor is basically within the margin of error. But Tim Walls and Peggy Flanagan, they're the DFL candidates. They were up just 2.7 percent. So, again, within that 2.9 percent margin of error. But what's interesting is just a couple of weeks ago, there was another recent poll that showed Mr. Walls up by 18 points in in that poll. But can you explain that? Why would this outcome be so much different? Well, in a nutshell, most of the pollsters are usually wrong. Uh, our margin of uh, our margin, we start with a lower margin of error, we stay under 3%, and our error rate uh, average for four years is under 2.5. There's no one else in this industry there. Uh, even you know, when you look at 2020, in 2020, there was a lot of questions about uh, the, uh, the how bad the polling was, but if you look, some of the stuff that was egregiously off when they, you know, uh, Come to mind the Wisconsin, we had one group saying it was like 20 points back and another group saying it was neck and neck. We were ones who said that Trump would barely lose Wisconsin. And again and again, we were the ones that were closer to the right. So I, I, I just, I, I hate to say that. I don't even know who did the other poll. And you know, don't mean anything against them, but I, I don't think they're right. Well, and you clearly polled about twice as many people. Um, than the the previous poll, which was also done online only and over the Labor Day weekend holiday. Online only, I think, is uh, problematic. Uh, you will have a lot of people who won't participate. The other thing is, I don't have any questions the other poll is. I'm one of those people who have said for years, the biggest problem in modern polling is they're asking these long questionnaires by lose average people. 
first question we always get is how long is this going to take? How long is this poll going to take? And if you answer anything other than two or three minutes, they're gone. They just hang out. So when in these years, so you look at these polls that are 30, 40 questions, I'm trying to figure out who in the world is taking it. It's interesting also the race for attorney general in Minnesota looks different uh, than the the governor's race. But Republican Jim Schultz with the clear lead there leading in the poll, 49.3 percent to Keith Ellison, the incumbent, 45.7 percent. But again, a Republican hasn't served as Minnesota attorney general for 50 years. So you did see um, sort of that purple, if you will, in, in Minnesota more so than other states. Well, and I think Keith Ellison, more than most attorney generals, frankly, in the country, is kind of seen as the poster child for some of what's going on and uh, some, some of this, this lax enforcement, uh, this not backing up the police. And, and backing up police is not simply funding them. It's actually prosecuting the people they arrest so that they don't come back and hurt policemen later or hurt the citizens. So, I mean, backing the police has a lot of different aspects to it. I mean, it, it requires full prosecution. It requires judges to actually put, put them in, uh, you know, real sentences. So there's a, there's a whole series of things that has to happen. And the people in this state clearly do not think Keith Ellison is a, I mean, as the chief law enforcement officer of Minnesota, he is failing in that job. Well, and the Trafalgar group, you guys did ask, uh, what's the most important issue facing Minnesota and hands down reducing crime and ensuring violent criminals stay off the street? That was the number one. And interestingly enough, that's also the number one issue in New York State. <laughs> and that's another place where there's a surprising Republican strength. Uh, even among Democrats, people who do not like Republicans in general are just, they are ready for some law and order. They are ready to get things back to normal. I feel like some of the streets are extremely lawless right now. The Secretary of State's race also seems to be much closer in your poll than others we have seen released in Minnesota, with DFLer Steve Simon leading within just one percentage point over the Republican Kim Crockett. So as much as the mainstream media loves to ignore the issue in Minnesota, election integrity does seem to be something that voters are considering this time around. You know, there are a couple of things that happened after 2020. Um, People didn't used to care who their governors were, and they really didn't care who their school board, members, school board members and secretary of states were. And all of a sudden, they did. And so these people who were kind of nameless, operating there without a lot of attention, are now very, very, um, very much on the front page and, and certainly in the, uh, in the eye of the, the, the person considering who they're going to vote for, they're actually looking down ballot at those races. So it doesn't surprise me that you're seeing attention there. And certainly right now, the fact that you've got some of the lower ticket folks the, with the Republicans up by two, and uh, I think it's Otter Grand Secretary of State, and the Republicans up by three, and Attorney General, and just behind by three, and the governor tells me that overall, uh, maybe we need a different direction that's there. And, and they're not blaming the governor, but they're blaming a lot of others. And it, it's more of a, an opinion about kind of the, how the parties in power have handled things. And that's what your poll found, that Republicans could be on the verge of winning their first statewide race since 2006. 
in Minnesota. And I am curious um, for you to share a little bit more about your unconventional or unorthodox way of polling, kind of your claim to fame, if you will. No secret, obviously, that you're a conservative uh, pollster, but there are some techniques your group keeps close. What can you say, though, about how you go about gathering uh, your information? I know you talked about that uh, a bit earlier. I mean, the, thing, the main thing is simply, you know, we don't believe in long questionnaires. We, we really just think average people don't take them. We hear this every day. I mean, just, you know, think about it this way. You go to the grocery store, you got three or four things you need to pick up. You really don't, I mean, you'll live if you don't get them. Maybe you can run and get them at a, at a uh, you know, one of those uh, convenience stores, but you, you should go to the grocery store. Well, you walk up there and every line has 10 people in it. And they're going slow. And there's no quick way to get out with your three items or four items. A lot of people just say, heck with it. I'll come back another time. But if all of a sudden there was a line that was open and you have to wait two people deep, you might as well, you might as well stay. And that's kind of human nature. And that's the way people feel about polls, too. They, you know, if it's not going to take much time, it doesn't disrupt their day much, sure. But as soon as you start talking to a busy mom or dad with kids, they're trying to feed them. They're trying to get them off to, to all the various activities families go to today and be bothered on their weekends. I mean, you, you just can't expect normal people to give you 30 minutes to answer 25 or 30 questions. It's just not reasonable. And you end up people care too much about politics, which is always a problem because the people who are the lower information tend to be the ones who swing elections. Or you know people who are just sitting around the house and they're bored. But what that doesn't represent is average folks. Hmm. And so that is a real problem, and the polling industry just won't accept that they have to abandon this. Uh, it's great if you were to do detailed research, but if you're trying to figure out how an election is going to go and how people actually feel right now about an election, it's a horrible way to do it to ask tons and tons of questions. We also look at big sample sizes. You know, poll state with less than a thousand, and you get a thousand people's input. You get a margin of error that's very low. There's very little weighting involved. And so we believe strongly in that. And we also believe in, you know, picking likely voters. And, and you know, we have kind of our own little methodology for picking out exactly which ones we think, uh, which trends will have people voting with knowing that, you know, there's low propensities that are more likely to vote in any given year or less likely to vote. So we don't ever just do this nonsense of polling registry buyers. You see a lot of polling companies do that. We will only use a diversity of methods, whether it's live calls, automate calls, uh, text messages, emails, other other online, but it's it's a mix because people are different. You know, it, it, there's not a bank in America that says there's only one way to put money in. And you can go to the ATM, you can go online, you can use an app, can go on the branch because everybody's different. And so the banks figure, hey, if we're going to cater to everybody, that's the only way to keep everybody with different life, lifestyles involved. Why hasn't polling figured that out? Is that you can't expect everybody to participate the same way. There's a major national news network. Their entire poll is all live calls. Now, what I want to know is, tell me what normal millennials and Gen Zs are answering those live calls from the number they don't recognize and speaking on the phone for 35 questions. Yeah. <laughs> Not one. So who the heck are they talking to? 
No wonder they're consistently wrong. And you do lay out your polling methodology on your website, and you have something called social desirability bias. But can you explain what, what that is exactly? It's an old term, but it, social desirability bias means the fact that people are hesitant to say, and they're talking to, to uh, someone asking a polling question, it's that tendency of people wanting to give an answer that more caters to how they look to the person asking the question and how they actually feel because they don't want to be judged. So there's some vehicles to get around that. One that we've used that everybody knows about is the neighbor question. We ask how you feel and then how you think most of your neighbors feel. And asking how most of your neighbors feel tends to reveal what people really are. Uh, because that gives them a, a, a way to tell you without you judging them for telling you that. And you bring up this live interview. I know I talked about the KSTP Survey USA poll. That was 500 people. But there was also, uh, just this last weekend, was released a, a Care 11 Star Tribune NPR News Minnesota poll. But that was based on live interviews over the course of two days with 800 Minnesota registered voters who indicated that they're likely to vote in the November general election. So again, we're talking about a larger number of people that Trafalgar worked with. So you see every every signal at this point that Republicans in Minnesota should, should feel pretty good at the results i mean i I don't like to give parties advice but what i would say is i think this is going to be a close election uh i really believe 2021 is a good example of what 2022 can be about both parties and you look at places like virginia new jersey and both parties were trying to turn out people who don't usually vote in those elections you know if you're the focus of any election is recognized 2020 as a high water mark how close can you get there? And I would argue whichever party that's closest to their 2020 turnout for 2022 is going to win. And yeah, we see Republicans are very fired up and they're angry about a lot of things. Democrats are very fired up. But it's, it's all about, this is not a uh, conversion election. It's a motivation election. People are not changing their minds. It's just a matter of which side motivates their people more. All right, with less than 50 days away now, we will see how it all pans out. Again, Chief Polster and Strategist from the Trafalgar Group, Robert Cahaley, thanks for joining me. No problem. It was, I was happy to do it. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and check Alpha News out on YouTube. Click the subscribe button there. We'll see you next time.